I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted 2.0. New feed. And I have yet to do a listener mailbag show on this new feed, so today's the day. Nine questions and comments from you, and I love to hear from you. You know, it's it's one thing just to speak into a microphone, even write books, do things like that. I want feedback. I want to hear, and I want the questions because there are truly no dumb questions when it comes to exercise and nutrition and motivation. <laughs> Getting worked up already. Uh, so yes, uh, but before before I do that, I have to I have to address something. An email I received. So as I've said before, I write articles write books, contribute to a lot of of different fitness publications, things like that. So I'm on every mailing list. And uh, that includes like this one with the headline, California is the healthiest state in America, according to a study. Now, it's not a study. (sighs) And so I I just want to touch on this really quickly, just to again reiterate how much misinformation is out there. You know, you see these frequently, right? Healthiest state. And I'm sure you're like me and you say, according to what? What are you basing that on? Well, I'm going to tell you what this particular quote unquote study looked at. I'm just going to read you the first the first short paragraph. I'm going to leave out some specifics of, of, of who put it out there because I don't need to. To do that, so research conducted by Blank uh, analyzed data on key health indicators in America, such as here we go again. Searches for gym memberships, how many gyms per 100,000 people, poorly written, 100,000 of the population, percentage of adult smokers, and the obesity rates. I'm all for percentage of adult smokers and obesity rates, but like, I want to see the connection between gym, like, I didn't delve deep into this because I didn't feel the need, (laughs) uh, Jim, how often do we have to talk about, you know, you don't necessarily get healthy going to the gym. We, we should exercise and the gym can and should be a part of it if you want it to be, but being outside, moving, and I want to see way more specific metrics on these people, right? Obesity rates and much more, you know, now that we have the ability to track people with activity trackers and things like that. I want to see that. They also talk about, I'm reading ahead, the number of restaurants. You know, of course there will be some correlation between these things, but I don't want that headline. California's the healthiest state. (laughs) Because they have more people searching for gyms? Because they have more gyms? I've been to like Texas, did Ironman Texas a couple years ago. Supposed to do it again. They have a lot of gyms in Texas, like shocking number of gyms, at least from what I saw, my anecdotal experience. Don't know the exact number, but Texas is not necessarily one of the healthiest states when it comes to overweight and things like that. So just a small, quick insight into how this data is not necessarily indicative of what it says it is, right? And... That's a huge part of the problem, right? Is we're not, not us, not me. They are not looking at the right things, 
right? Yeah, we have more gyms than ever before. We have more people. That's what I say in several of my books and hopefully in the one I'm shopping around, my agent is shopping around now. More gyms than ever before. We're not healthier than ever before. So it, I would argue, you know, it's not about the gyms. That shouldn't be the first thing. It could be part of it. That's fine. But health comes down to so much more than that. All right, got that off my chest. Uh, let's get into this. So listener mailbag show, for those of you who don't know, uh, I've done 13 of these already and I love it. So at the end of every show, I give you ways to reach out uh, if you are so inclined. And I, again, love to hear from you. Any questions I will answer generally right there as well as uh, in the show itself. So uh, Tom H. Fit is Instagram. Tom H. Fit is Twitter. You can direct message me there. You can go to teamholland.com or fitnessdisrupted.com. Same website. You can email me through there as well. And as I say that, I, I, I have a couple <laughs> questions that I know I didn't include here that I will include in the next one. Um, uh, you know what? I can uh, remember one. So I'm going to add that in here as, as you know, uh, as I speak. Um, so make it 10. Uh, yeah, I gave you all the ways to do it. Fitnessdisrupted.com, teamholland.com. Uh, and just let me know what questions you have. And I love that, you know, as you will see, they run the gamut from nutrition to exercise to personal trainers uh, to fitness products, everything. And and that's why I cover all those things here. You know, I say uh, frequently as well that I have a unique set of skills in this industry, you know, over 30 years doing everything possible and continuing to study it and having, you know, the three buckets that I wanted back when I first started uh, the nutrition experience and education, the exercise experience and education, and the uh, human behavior side. You need all three of those. You need all three of those to truly affect change. Now, I have friends who are nutritionists. I have friends who are trainers. And yeah, I get it. Uh, but personally, to separate myself and, and just deliver the most possible, I wanted all three of those. Uh, so... I love it. And I love that you guys ask questions that cover all of those uh, three categories and more. All right. So let's get right to it. Let me pull up your questions. Got to remember to ask uh, or answer that. Let me do that one right away. So one question that I just remembered <laughs> that uh, someone emailed me recently through the website, teamholland.com is about barefoot training and that they see people, you know, lifting barefoot in the gym now. Um, oftentimes they're wearing socks, uh, which which makes me laugh, right? Because when I first started in this industry, you had to wear shoes at the gym. You weren't allowed to do that. And I always thought it's kind of ridiculous, right? Because the rationale they gave at the time, at least in, in many gyms, was that like if you, you know, dropped a weight on your foot, it would be a problem. Do you really think a sneaker is going to help? Do you, you know, yes, there's like the bodybuilding gyms where they lift in boots. Um, you know, many of you may go to those types of gyms too. That, that boot's going to help. But most, most, many, most, most people don't lift in boots. And even if you drop like a 50 pound dumbbell on your foot, you're wearing a boot. It's going to be a problem, right? So we went from you had to wear footwear in the gym to what? Then like the minimalist shoes came out. So everyone was wearing the five fingers. Remember that? That kind of disappeared pretty darn quickly. But you had the minimalist five-finger shoes when I owned the gym, actually. 
Uh, <laughs> I walked around in those myself. Full admission uh, for a little while. A talking point. Um, and those shoes, again, uh, have no little to no uh, support whatsoever. And now you'll see a lot of people, especially doing Olympic-style lifts uh, in socks. The short answer is yes. Yeah, the more natural we are, the more that we sense our uh, surroundings, and especially with our feet, um, that's a good thing. I don't want to get too deep into this, but that's why um, the research shows that as kids, kids should basically have unsupported shoes for a really long time, right? So we want our feet to get strong. And when we have too much support our entire lives, we don't get that feedback, right? And that's one of the reasons, they say, uh, of, of many, by the way, that people get running-related injuries, right? Because the, the shoes are actually too supportive. And so it's letting people do too much. And by the time, uh, you know, they figure it out, they're, they're injured, right? Again, complicated. Uh, I have to kind of go off on those tangents, though. So if you have kids, like I have my kids... Um, in less supportive shoes when they were younger. And so we want to build up that strength. We want to build up that kind of um, kinesthetic awareness. And that kinesthetic awareness is amplified when we're barefoot, right? So we don't get that feedback in uh, really supportive shoes. So yes, I, I'm a fan of, uh, just be careful, don't, don't drop the weights onto your feet, but it's not gonna help if you have shoes, as I said. So yes, uh, lifting, barefoot, doing anything. By the way, not just lifting. Um, and I do this at home, especially. I'm not a fan of personally walking around the gym in my socks uh, to each their own. So I will do more of that barefoot. I will, will do that uh, barefoot type stuff at home. So a lot of lower body stuff, um, one-legged exercises, uh, unilateral exercises, barefoot. Yeah, because I want to feel, um, get that, that feedback more. Uh, that's important. All right. Uh, let me see. I got I to gotta keep moving here. Uh, okay. So this would be question number two. Uh, hi, quick question. I broke my wrist last week. Should I still do strength training with my left while I am healing? I love how motivated the motivated are, right? And that can be a problem. So you always want to err on the side of caution. I don't ever want you to continue to exercise and put yourself back even further, right? Injure yourself, do something compensatory, uh, lift up, lift a weight that's too heavy maybe with your left, Um and put yourself out for longer than you need to be. So, especially for people like this, you know, this is not what you generally hear. The super motivated often need time off. There'll be another question um, that kind of uh, has that as a theme. So, time off is okay. And especially for those people who are really diligent and have been exercising for a long time and been really consistent, um, we're all gonna have these roadblocks. We're all gonna have these obstacles. Um, so I just want you to be smart. I always have to start by saying that um, and focus on different things. You know, yes, I am a Pollyanna-ish uh, person in general. Um, and so variation is essential to our success, right? Physiologically and psychologically. So when you get injured with something like this, it forces us to do different things, which is a good thing. So you can totally reframe and go, okay, now I'm going to focus on cardio, right? And cardio that maybe she, uh, I think it's, yes, it was, um, she can do just lower body and maybe she's a rower and now she's going to take the upper body out and just stationary cycle, right? Um, 
and then focus on core exercises, the ones you're not doing normally, right? Focus on stretching. Yes, walk more, right? Um, when we are injured and we're not going to move as much, I always want to tweak my eating or a client's eating back in the day a tiny bit because you're not going to expend as much. So let's just tweak and be a tiny bit healthier, not extreme, but a tiny bit, right? So let's try to make up for that maybe lost a couple hundred calories per day or more of movement. Um, and if you're a competitive athlete or someone who wants to get into this, everyone should do this, visualization, right? If you're a triathlete, a runner, you have an event coming up and you are taken out uh, of doing what you're normally going to do as far as training, visualization. Spending maybe 15, 20 minutes, five, you don't have to go that much at the start, but spending time visualizing success. I've done a bunch of podcasts on that. One of my favorite topics in sports psychology is visualization. Um, so focus on the, the mental side, the cognitive side, meditation. Just did a podcast on that, right? So do different things. Um, and the short answer is <laughs> not very short. Should you do strength training with the left? Probably not. You know, if the, if your left is your weak side, yeah, sure. You could do a couple bicep curls, some overhead presses, sure. Um, but again, don't overdo it. Don't do anything that where it's going to uh, cause another type of compensatory injury uh, and be smart. All right. Great, great question. I love that they still want to do something. It's really important, right? Do what you can. Uh, uh, number three. Hi, Tom. I know you've offered. This is interesting. I know you're offered devices and products from companies, and I know you've talked about wearing a blood glucose monitor to try it out. I was, uh, I recently was listening to a woman on a podcast who started, and I'm going to leave out this, the brand name, uh, and it's all about people wearing this device so they can monitor <laughs> what they're eating, um, how what they're eating affects their blood sugar levels. I was reading comments on their website about people being surprised on how foods like oatmeal, <laughs> I'm going to come back to that, can raise their blood sugar when chia seeds don't. To me, this seems extreme and a bit obsessive with healthy eating, especially for people who are already living a healthy lifestyle. Curious what your thoughts are on this. Love this question. And I've actually tried two, the specific one uh, she mentioned and another one recently. And the short answer is right now, I'm not a fan of it, especially for, I love that she specified this, uh, especially for people who are already living a healthy lifestyle. And let me just, Mention this before I forget. I did a podcast on is oatmeal bad for you? And guess what? It was based on, yes, one of these CGM sites and an email I received. Okay. A great line is, are we measuring it because it's important or is it important because we're measuring it? Great line. David Epstein um, had, uh, and I'm sure others, but the technology is insane today. But here's another really interesting caveat and sidebar. I had, uh, I, I, yes, I get sent these products very frequently. I have Zoom calls with the, the heads of some of these companies and they don't, uh, they, they, they generally, I question them is what I'm trying to say. I question their results, uh, their data, and, and do we need it? Like I keep it simple. You know, there's a lot of products out there. I don't want to be specific, but it's not there yet. The, the research, the, the, the studies, the science is not there yet to, to 
support a lot of what they're saying. And then they make the simple complex, the complex simple, but it's usually making the simple complex like oatmeal. And it becomes a problem and it adds to the confusion. And let me say this. So for those of you who don't know, you, you wear this on the back of your arm. It's a neat, you have to like, <laughs> you know, uh, press it into your arm. It snaps in and it's a tiny needle that stays in your arm. And getting out of the shower, I've worn it twice now, I said. And the number of times, like the towel or my shirt gets hooked on it. I mean, you know, sounds inconsequential. But my day-to-day, -day, I had to change the way I got dressed and got out of the shower. And so, absolutely not. I don't need it. Listen, fruits and vegetables and lean sources of protein. We pretty much know what's healthy, people. And when you start to confuse it, like saying oatmeal's bad and fruit's bad and eggs are bad. And look what it does. And by the way exercise affects your blood sugar. I would work out and it would spike and do things. Should I not do that exercise? And so then you read the articles that they're trying to make sense of this stuff. Not for me, not yet. Prove to me in the future and for behavior change, that's what most of these products are trying to do. There's another one you wear on your wrist, okay? And it asks you all these questions in the morning. It's not really tracking what you would think. And so, yeah, there's a lot of products out there, people. I'm going to stick with what works. And some of these are expensive. And I'm not using them. I'm not using them. I'm trying them. I'm going to try everything. And I'm going to give you my honest feedback. And I'm not going to say never say never, but not yet. Not for the vast majority of these products. Um, and this is not... Uh, this is not one I would recommend personally, okay? I'd rather you get educated on foods from scientific literature and shows like this and nutritionists who know what they're talking about. Now, the one thing they will say to justify it is you're different, right? The foods are going to affect you differently. Again, yes, but no. Okay, that's not really the level to which we need to go. And again, the, the science that I've seen is not really there yet, okay? There's not like this vast difference between how oatmeal is going to affect me and you, okay? And yes, when you pair it with proteins and things like that, it changes the effect in a positive way. But I just told you that. You don't need to stick a needle in your arm and wear it 24 hours and get confused. I'd rather you get the information this way, okay? I'll talk much more about that going forward. Uh, number four, and I've uh, edited some of these questions, so <laughs> so they um, so they're easier to understand, uh, and just uh, yeah, what, what you need to hear. Uh, number four, when I briefly deprived myself of carbs, I love this. I stopped that particular diet. What really stuck with me was about depriving yourself of certain foods, and then wondering why you don't feel like working out. Carb depletion is brutal when you do it, right? Yes. Yes, I've said this so many times. Low-carb Atkins genius, right? There are complex carbs. There are simple carbs. We need to eat whole foods, people. Carbs are not the enemy, okay? They're not the enemy. They're our body's preferred source of energy. We need better carbs. Now, there's not bad, but there's unhealthy, highly processed, less healthy uh, foods, and so carbs are not the energy or the enemy. They're, they are our energy. <laughs> when I did my natural bodybuilding stint many years ago and I was starting out as a personal trainer, I truly depleted my carbs like ridiculously. And it was brutal. It was brutal. And I'm glad I learned, right? 
about extremes, and I was just talking about this with a friend yesterday in the gym, when it comes to bodybuilding, the most un unhealthy person wins by and large, even the natural quote unquote, uh, which I was and many were not. So yes, it's brutal. And by the way, keto, let me just say this, and I know many of you are probably on it, tried it. Uh, studies that I will uh, bring up in separate podcasts, the vast majority of people who think they're in ketosis are not. And you can tell by the way uh, they live and that they haven't gone through that um, horrific feeling, the brain fog and the, and the just fatigue, okay? Making the simple complex and the complex simple, okay? Body preferred energy source, carbohydrates, healthy carbohydrates, oatmeal <laughs> is one. That's a choice. There's so many choices. All right. I got to pick this up. Holy cow. Uh, you may have already done an episode on this, but I'm looking for advice on losing some body fat at the age of 43. I exercise regularly. I do strength, hit, endurance, and even run. I'm not super great about tracking my calories, but I never overeat regularly. However, I can still get the fat. However, I still can't. They put can, but it, it's can't. Uh, can't get the fat off my lower belly and thighs. It makes me crazy. Any tips on this frustrating battle? First and foremost, it's about health first. I know that's not the question or the answer most of you want to hear, but it's about being healthy first, all of us, injury-free, pain-free. That's what we have to focus on, okay? But I get it. You want that the vanity side. You want the aesthetic. Um, I always say when I do these shows, it's tough to, to you know get out all the information, obviously, from just a couple sentences. But here I can see where they say, I'm not super great about tracking my calories. You don't have to track, but super great. And then they say, I never overeat regularly, 80-20. So if you're truly doing a great mix of strength and cardio, I'm going to look at your food. And we're going to tweak it a little bit. And we're going to be consistent. You're going to do your strength training, full body workouts. You're not going to try to spot reduce. doesn't work. You're not going to waste time. You're going to do um, the exercises where you get the most bang for your buck, a mix of compound and um, single joint exercises, right? You're going to do your cardio to burn some calories, but also to help with your um, hunger. And then we're going to tweak the eating. So we're going to look at all of those things. Again, tough to do in just this short amount of time. And you're going to give it time and you're going to see changes. I'm going to end with this though, for this question. At 43, you know, having a couple extra pounds, just a couple, right? Uh, I did the show on just what 11 extra pounds does to your knees. We, we, we want to do what we can do for a lifetime, right? So as we get older, it gets a little more difficult, right? With hormone changes, hormone changes, I should say, and uh, things like that. Um, but strength, get that down, get the cardio down, and then the easiest way, right? It's vastly easier to keep 500 calories out of your mouth to do that with healthy foods than it is to burn it off. So we want to get all three of those things, the cardio, the strength, and the eating um, in line, be honest about it. And again, most people have just so much, you know, uh, confusing information in their heads. They don't know because they're told that eat, uh, oatmeal is bad and eggs are bad. And, you know, you have to eat this type of protein. All right. Great question. Um, health first. Give it time and take a hard look at the eating. Um, Tom, my Saturday. This is one so great. I'm reading this verbatim. Tom, my Saturday plans work 
go for a run, then head to mom's for her Halloween party. What happened? I got out of work later than expected, came home to an attack by ladybugs that needed to be tended to. Five years ago, I would have said, well, no run today, but I've learned from listening to the podcast. Duh. Have the husband bring the food and a change of clothes and run to mom's. Thanks again, Tom. I love it. Figure out ways to work exercise into your day. You don't have to go to the gym. You go for walks. When my kids are practicing, I talked about that. I'm going to go for a run. I have a portable shower now that I put in my truck because that's the hard part, right, is sweating. My dream is to have the sprinter van in the next couple of years with the shower and the bathroom so I can go to races and events and kids sports and, and work out anytime I want to. So I love that. I love that. Do stairs. Work movement into your day. And that's one of my favorite things to do is run home from a family event. Running to a family event, by the way, especially around Thanksgiving time, is a great way to get the stress out before you have to deal with the family. I love it. Uh, great, great question. Or great, great uh, just comment. And I want to hear the comments like this are super helpful for everyone too, right? There's always a way to do stuff. And it doesn't have to be an hour and it doesn't have to be at the gym. A couple miles here, 20 minutes there, it all adds up. Hey, Tom, uh, how are you? Want to ask you a professional question, your opinion. So I'm working out four days a week, two days lifting weights and two days body weight. Okay, so four days of strength. Uh, my goal is to lose weight and build muscle. I'm looking to lose 15 pounds more. Do you think it's a good idea to take whey protein or not for muscle growth? Uh, since I can't get enough protein with my food, what do you think? Talked about this many times before, and I'm going to continue to talk about it. I don't particularly care going or starting out what kind of protein you get. You know, whole foods first, yes, and, and this uh, he said this. And then uh, we supplement because we can't, most of us, get adequate protein, roughly half our body weight uh, in grams per day. Um, and yes, whey protein has been shown for bodybuilders and assimilation uh, slightly better, but the vast majority of people um, aren't going to just take whey. Some people don't like it. Some people can't tolerate it. What is most important then is that we get in our adequate amount of protein every day. If you do that, regardless of what type, I promise you, you will see insane results. But you got to be consistent. And I do a mix of everything. Just had eggs this morning. You know, I do a mostly Mediterranean type diet. You know, I'm not plant or uh, meat free, but I'm lean sources of protein and much more plants um, than most people, right? But I still eat meat, um, but in moderation, like everything else. All right, great question. Um, and keep doing, yes, four days a week. And I love two days of uh, strength training, it sounds, with weights and two days with body weight. Great mix. Um, just a question. I have two bad experiences with, with personal trainers. I want to be able to generate my own strength and conditioning program with room for progressing my weights. Will any of your books help with this? Obviously, this is a you know not so subtle uh, <laughs> uh, promotion of my books, but yes, yes. Beat the gym I wrote many years ago. Um, more about strength training at the gym. And then I have the micro workout plan as my most recent book. Um, which both of those uh, and together will will be super helpful for all of you. Um, and let me just say trainers are problematic. You don't have to be certified to work in a gym. Many of these certifications aren't worth the paper they are printed on with your home printer, okay? So I'm going to do more shows about how to find a good personal trainer and what to look for. But look, watch them in the gym, get referrals. How do they look? Yes. Generally, trainers are going to train you the way they look. So in other words, if you have a CrossFit type person, they're going to train you CrossFit 
predominantly. If you have an endurance type um, uh, trainer, they're going to train you in that uh, mode for the most part, right? So be careful about the trainer you pick. Um, and I'll talk much more about that. Uh, hey, Tom, a budding fitness pro. I'm making a transition from education to personal coaching training. I found your podcast about a month and a half ago. Just wanted to say I'm a fan. I'm hooked. I listen to your knowledgeable rants at the gym each week. Thank you so much. Blah, blah, blah. So this person is a personal trainer. Uh, this is one of the reasons I do this show. It's for those of you in the business, too. I want to help those of you who are trying to make change. And I want to help those of you who are trying to help people change. All right. So... Um, the last sentence, though, I love from uh, this guy. He said, the last pro tip really inspired me to message you. It's not cheating, it's living. So many of my clients bring up this topic during their sessions. I struggle to articulate my own philosophy around cheat days, meals. The episode really helped. Thank you. So I said, you're not cheating. It's not a cheat meal. And I used to use that term back when we first kind of, it was in vogue. And then I go, wait a minute. You're not cheating on your diet. You're living. It's 80-20. It's not cheating. Cheating is a negative. You're doing what you uh, what your plan is. Um, finally, real quickly, I turned 24 this past weekend. I played lacrosse from kindergarten through my junior year of college. I had five knee surgeries and one hip labrum surgery within five years. I now run half marathons and in making my trail running debut this summer. There's more to this one, but I wanted to read this because five knee surgeries and one hip surgery and they're running half marathons. I had clients like this with an insane number of surgeries and we got them doing what they needed and wanted to do. All right. And so there you go. All right. I need more time, but we did it. Uh, thank you so much again. I'm going to be doing these shows frequently. So do not hesitate to reach out. Tom H. Fit, Instagram, Twitter, teamholland.com is the website. Remember, there are three things we all control, how much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our state of mind. And that is awesome. I'm Tom Holland, exercise physiologist, certified sports nutritionist. Believe in yourself.